It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important stories. An early childhood taxing district, what on earth is that? The latest in politics and world affairs. I don't think that we should be passing legislation that is so complicated that people kind of throw up their hands and say, oh, I can't understand it. Today's current opinions and ideas. It is not fair that just because you're a big business that you get a break on this and the little guy doesn't. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I think I'm Kim Munson. I'm Kim Munson. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, My friends today, uh, strive for excellence and take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this moment. Thank you to this team that I get to work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, producer Steve. You must be. Well, okay, sorry. Happy Wednesday. And you have to be Kim Munson because you're sitting in the Kim Munson chair. <laughs> so that's who I must be. But there's a lot of people in here. Yeah. Thrilled to have in studio with me. First of all, Annette Bybee. Annette, it's great to have you here. We've had you on the show, but here you are in studio. Yes, thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. And uh, you have uh, a podcast and a show here on uh, KLZ. And then you will be adding on another show here. So tell us just a little bit about that. All right. Well, I have a show that airs here. Sunday nights at 9, Annette on America. I talk local and national politics, try to keep it light. And I'll be starting a live show next week on Thursdays. Not sure the time, not sure the sister station yet, but I'm really excited to start doing that. Great. And how can people find you? They can go to AnnetteTalks.com or find me on YouTube, Annette Talks, or any of the podcast providers. Okay, great. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Great to be here. And in studio, it's Liberty Toastmasters Day, and uh, we have Carol Baker in here. You have been in a lot of the different offices. What's your official title right now at Liberty Toastmasters Denver? For this new year, Vice President of Education, which okay. is kind of a, an intimidating role, but yes. we're going to tackle it. Okay, great. That's right. It's, it's new year for us. July 1st through June 30th is our program year. So I need to probably pay my dues. <sighs> Actually, we, I think we got you covered a couple months ago. I, I, I got yeah, mine yeah. in, okay. It, it doesn't line up somehow, yeah, right. I, I like to make sure that I have that taken care of. But yes, we'll be you. talking with uh, some of our colleagues in the third and fourth segment of this show, and it, we just decided to let it be open subject, so I have no idea what they're going to talk wow. about. You're a brave woman. I wow. know, I know. <laughs> so great to have you here as well. And... Uh, what, Steve? Uh, well, I'm just thinking, you, know, you are, what you just said, you are brave. You never know from this crowd. <laughs> this <laughs> crowd. What we're going to get. And America's Veterans Stories uh, airs uh, on Sunday afternoons, 3 to 4, and then there's encores Sundays 10 to 11 and Saturdays 10 to 11. Tomorrow, Steve, I'm going to take the rig out. I'm scheduled to interview 99-year-old uh, Fred Weiss, who was a B-17 pilot in World War II. I am so excited. I can hardly stand it. And that will be, let's see, that's going to be on July 10th. And then we're going to interview my cousins later today regarding um, bringing home Wilbur Newton, who was killed at Pearl Harbor. So we've got a couple of great shows planned here, Steve. You know, the, the pilot. I, I guess, and I think of all the documentaries I've seen in World War II and, and the uh, air portions of the war the pilot to see not only that he flies a plane but the responsibility and making decisions for that crew uh, i'm really eager to hear what uh, what this is all about it's going to be pretty exciting so i uh, love you know you know this is on my heart that i love to do that hey check out our website it's kim munson m-o-n-s-o-n.com sign up for our weekly newsletter there 
And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. It's never compassionate, my friends, to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, their property, their freedom, livelihood, or opportunity via force, whether it could be a weapon, policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum Davos globalist elite's agenda for us. How's that, Carol Baker? You know, it's a mouthful, but all of it does involve us somehow or another. It does. Yep. Yep. What do you think about all that, Annette? Oh, you covered it. <laughs> We've <laughs> got to watch out for this Great Reset stuff. That's, I think that's probably one of our biggest dangers right now. So when you say World Economic Forum, I start thinking Great uh, Reset, ESG scores, the whole thing. We have so many things that we have to be on the lookout for and fight against. And that's why these voices are so important. So I'm so excited about uh, you adding on that new show. That's pretty uh-huh. awesome. So. <laughs> Uh, We'll talk about election results here in just a moment, but our quote for today is from Napoleon Hill, and he was an American self-help author. He's best known for his book, Think and Grow Rich, which is among the 10 best-selling self-help books of all time. His works insisted that fervent expectations are essential to improving one's life. He was born in 1883. He died in 1970, and this is what he said. Fear is a habit. So is self-pity defeat, anxiety, despair, hopelessness, and resignation. You can eliminate all these negative habits with two simple resolves. I can and I will. That's probably your mantra, Uh, Carol Baker. You're one of the most positive people I know. That sounds familiar. I believe it's been quoted by many other self-help books and and attitudes and even just memes we see on Facebook or or any other social media now. Yeah. And Annette... uh, sometimes it seems daunting right now out there and and we see public policy that is actually i think trying to take people's resolve and they're hoping and scare them and so i and, and of course i mean every generation has to come in and really have a gut check on this. But what do you think of this quote? I think it's awesome. I I like the fact that he says these negatives are just habits and it I don't think we often think of those as habits, but they are, which means we can change them, Mm -hmm. which is wonderful. And I love that I can and I will, because our brain accepts what we tell it. Yes. So if we tell it the right things, we'll get the right results from it. Yes. And Steve, what do you think about that? Agreed on that, Annette? It bears out the fact that I have a lot of bad habits, for one. (laughs) (laughs) And as far as the I can and I will, I'm not so sure that it was me saying or telling myself that, but uh, obviously I got through it. That's good. That's good. And every morning when um, we start this show, we, we think about... I mean, there is a lot of fear. When when you've got the president saying there's going to be blackouts and brownouts mm-hmm. and food shortages, and I mean, that's not... A, I'm not hearing him say, I can and I will on that, because uh, we could fix these things. Inflation is government-induced. We can fix these things. But he's not saying, I can and I will. He's uh-huh. saying, I can't and I won't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not funny, Annette, it's is it? Not, it's not what we want to hear from a president. No. Not at all. Well, and, and to that point... How many people now uh, in, in, in high standing with uh, collectively high standing with us have said, well, don't you remember? He said he was going after the uh, fossil fuels industry and during the campaign. Yeah. You know, don't you remember? He said he was going to do it. And now when he talks about brownouts and food shortages, you know, people <laughs> are waking up and saying, oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
and we can fix this. We truly can fix this. So let's see. Um, I think I will just mention today is today is Wednesday, and that means it is Wings Day at Hooters Restaurants. And you buy 20 wings, you get 10 for free. That's on to-go or to dine-in. I particularly like the smoked wings, crispy, with the lemon pepper rub or the Texas barbecue rub. Super delicious. Mm -hmm. So uh, be sure and treat yourself today to some great wings at Hooters restaurants. Okay, let's jump in here on some of these results that we have. I'm looking at the Colorado Secretary of State race. And the grassroots candidates generally... Uh, did not make it through the primary. So we'll talk a little bit about that. So Ron Hanks and Joe O'Day, that was uh, for United States Senator. Uh, Joe O'Day came in with about 50, almost 55% of the vote, and Ron Hanks at about 45.5%. It was 310,000 to 258,000. Michael Bennett received 443,813 votes. And so Joe O'Day will be facing... Uh, Michael Bennett. Um, let's see. I probably won't mention a whole bunch of the uh, um, Democrats. Let's get down here to Lauren Boebert and Don Corum. Lauren Boebert survived this challenger, uh, 65.45% to 34.5%. What do you think, Steve? Well, I, I, I'm just, your use of the word survive, I think she pretty much stuck it to him by a 30-point margin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yes, uh, but... Uh, but all the doom and gloomers here in Denver who despise her, I'm thinking, what are, the, what are they thinking now? Well, she's a, she's, um, she's a pretty exciting candidate, and uh, she's not milquetoast by any uh, stretch of the imagination, Annette. That's for sure. <laughs> I love her. I think she's great. She's a straight shooter. I love her. <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> How about you, Carol? And I'm glad to see there's such a big margin there because if there really was that much concern in that district, then it would have been closer. And I'm glad it was just very decisive. Whether you mm-hmm. support her or not, you've got to know the people of that area did not take seriously this threat that was kind of an odd sort of threat. It wasn't just directly from her competitor as much as a larger force behind that, it seemed. So I'm glad to see it was a big right. margin. So Democrats, there were was uh, definitely Democrats that had uh, re-registered as independents so that they could play in that primary there. Right. And so, yeah, it's that's uh, congratulations to her. Over here in, uh, let's see, CD4, uh, Ken Buck um, was victorious over Bob Lewis on about a three-to-one margin. Mm-hmm. And oops, oh, I didn't mean to do that to my computer. Here we go. Let's see the next one. Uh, Doug Lamborn came in. Uh, this is for CD5 at about 48%. The closest challenger on that was Dave Williams at about 33%. Rebecca Kelty had uh, just under 13%. And Andrew Heaton, 6.09%. Jason Crow received 100% of his. Mm-hmm. Votes at 51,186. And Steve Monahan, uh, the Republican for District 6, uh, no challenger on that, just about 41,000. Uh, Brittany Pedersen in uh, CD7 received 71,000 votes. And over here in CD7, that was a, a pretty competitive uh, race. There were three Three-way. three really good candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Odlin was successful at 47, almost 48%. 
Laurel Eimer came in at uh, just over 16% and Tim Reichert at just about 36%. Mm-hmm. And then in District 8, uh, oh, that was a, a competitive district. That was a competitive district as well. Uh, uh, Barb Kirkmeyer came in at 40%, Lori Sane at uh, just about 20, 20.5%, Jan Kuhlman at 20, almost 23%, and Tyler Alcorn at 16.6%. So let's see. That's all of the congressional uh, races. Let's uh, let's go to break, and when we come back, we'll talk about some of the state races. In studio with me is Carol Baker. She is the VP of Education for Denver um, Liberty Toastmasters Denver. We'll be talking with some of our buddies here in just a little bit. Annette Bybee uh, is in studio as well, and it's Annette on America. Yes, correct? you got it right. And uh, so we'll be right back. Medical freedom, patient choice, and informed consent are all staples of comprehensive health care. You'll find exactly that at Roots Medical, located in the Denver Tech Center, offering specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Functional, comprehensive, primary health care. Roots Medical, getting to the root of your health care concerns. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Practice shooting in the same place you bought the firearm. Frankton Firearms makes your life easier with safety and tactical training. Firearm storage and firearm purchase all conveniently located in the same place. At Franktown, learning is accessible. The team recommends you practice developing confidence in handling your gun with a proprietary training course or one-on-one instruction located on-site. Make your life easier and store your firearms safely on-premises at the Franktown Firearms Armory. The team at Franktown pride themselves on developing long-term relationships with their clients who utilize their one-stop shop. First-time buyers looking for guidance frequently return because they're having fun. They see beginners turning into experts all the time. And you can, too, with resources and tools at your disposal. No matter what level you're at, get your firearms curiosity, needs, and desires met at Franktown Firearms. Visit klzradio.com slash franktown or the Franktown Firearms storefront location. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. <clears throat> That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. We're going through some election results. In studio with me is Annette Bybee. She has a show here on KLZ 560, as well as you'll be uh, doing a live show here soon on a sister station. So stay tuned for details on that. Yes. And people can get information about you where? Well, they can find me on any of the podcast providers. They can also go to my website, AnnetteTalks.com. Listen to my show Sunday nights at 9 o'clock on America. Yay. And uh, in studio is Carol Baker. She is the VP of Education for Denver, or Liberty Toastmasters Denver. And we're going to have some of our buddies on here in the third and fourth segment. That's right. So uh, let's go through some more of these results. And um, let's see. Before we do that, though, the, the charity nonprofit that I have adopted is the USMC Memorial Foundation. And uh, they are raising money 
to remodel the Marine Memorial out at 6th and Colfax. And so you can honor your loved one in their military service by buying a brick. You can put their name and their service on there for one of their walkways, or you can just donate. So go to USMCMemorialFoundation.org for more information. It's USMCMemorialFoundation.org. Uh, for more information on that. Okay, let's get over here into state races. Um, Democrat Governor Jared Polis uh, was unopposed. He got just uh, about 450,000 votes. And if you combine the two uh, um, competitors for governor on the Republican side, they beat him. A total of 568,000 people uh, voted in that election. Heidi Ganahl was successful in that, so we certainly congratulate her on that. She received about 304,000 votes and was about 40,000 votes ahead of Greg Lopez. So congratulations to Heidi Ganahl. I find this interesting, Carol Baker, that there are people on the Democrat side that undervoted Jenna Griswold. So Jared Polis received 449,000 votes, and Jenna Griswold received 438,000. So there was 10,000 people that undervoted that didn't vote for her. Well, that is interesting. There is an unaffiliated voter in our household, so I had a chance to see the Democrat ballot. And I don't even know why Democrats bothered to go to the ballot boxes, because there were so many races that were not contested. Mm-hmm. I know there were some, but, but not very many. But that is interesting that the ones that do show up did not vote for everybody on the ballot. Yes, that is I'm, very interesting. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm that's so, that's yeah. kind, kind of fascinating. What do you think about that, Annette? Yeah, that's interesting. It, uh, I'm, I didn't vote for many of them that were unopposed on my ballot, but I voted for the people that I was really concerned with winning. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering if some people just said, well, you know, I'm really, I'm, I really like Governor Polo, so I'm going to vote for him. But I don't know anything at all about Jenna Griswold, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to skip right past her. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering if there might be some of that going could, on. Could be. Either that or people are like, well, I like Polis, but Griswold, eh. I don't really want to put my mark next to her name. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll yeah, find out. We will find out. And, of course, over on the Republican side, it was a wild, wild west. Yes. So the Secretary of State race, congratulations to Pam Anderson. She received about 43% of the vote. And then Mike O'Donnell was about 28.5%, and Tina Peters was uh, 28 and a quarter percent. And so congratulations to Pam Anderson on that race. Um, over here on... Um, State Treasurer Lang Sias uh, was unopposed. Uh, uh, Phil Weiser was unopposed on Attorney General. Uh, let's see, Attorney General for Republicans, unopposed as well. Let's get down to... John uh, Kellner. And John Kellner, right, yeah. John Kellner. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dan Malloyt was unopposed for State Board of Education. Did I hit everything? Then we'll get into the rest of these here. Probably. Uh, let's see. Unopposed. Um, let's see. We'll just run through here. Hmm. Let's get down here, I think, to some of the other state races. That's where we'll go. Uh, let's see. Over here on State Board of Education, uh, CD8, that's a new seat. Uh, Peggy Probst was uh, uh, successful in that. Congratulations to her over mm-hmm. Cody LeBlanc. And that's on the Republican side. And I'm primarily looking at Republicans because, as you say, Carol, there's very few that were um, contested. So let's see, Colorado Regent, Congressional District 8. It looks like Mark Vandriel was successful over Eric Reinard. And then let's go through State Senate here on some of these competitive races. Uh, Let's see, where are we at? Mark Baisley was unopposed, but Senate District 4, he's moving on, obviously. 
Mm, let's see. Senate District 9, Paul Lundeen, uh, was the winner over Linda Wilson, just about 68% to 32% on the Republican side. <clears throat> let's see. Other He's com- our current minority leader in the Senate. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, you're right, Carol. There's hardly on this uh, Republican side or on the Democrat side, there's hardly any competitors. Right. They must have had very uh, concise uh, assemblies earlier in the season. I think their assemblies were their assembly was actually still online. I do understand that rather than in person. Yes. Okay. Okay. Continue on here. Tom Kim. This is Senate District 27. About 70% to Julie Marie A. Shepard Macklin at 30%. It looks like we're just about out of time. We'll do some more of these as we uh, get into the next hour. That's but, interesting about Mark Baisley because I think that's his first run at Senate. Has he come from the representatives? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he was on uh, earlier this week. We were talking about the uh, kind of the constitutionality of these uh, drag queen uh, mm. events. It's so interesting. That's a whole other conversation, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But so interesting that tax dollars, first of all, are being used to fund these through mm-hmm. the SCFD dollars. But then secondly, that uh, you actually had a, a public entity that was selling tickets for it as well. And so he, he brought some really interesting things up about that. So let's get over here to uh, one of our great sponsors, and that is Lauren Levy. And he is an expert in the mortgage arena. Uh, He works with a lot of different lenders, which is super great right now because with interest rates going up, uh, the housing market is so wild here in Colorado. uh, It's great that you have uh, a lot of different choices on that. So uh, is Lauren ready to go? Lauren Levy, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning, Kim. We were talking about Wild West here regarding uh, politics, but it's also been Wild West as far as interest rates and this housing market. What's going on right now, Lauren? Uh, we're in a, this little pocket between federal and uh, reserve meetings. You know, we know that they're, they just raised and they're going to raise again in July. So for right now, we're in a calm where things have kind of leveled out a little bit. Uh, rates aren't as high as they were after the Fed raised last time they've come back just ever so slightly and settled down just a bit so um, it's nice to have some calmness for just a period here are they in the sixes or is there anything in fives right now you know it really depends and i say that because it depends on amount of down payment and the amount of equity in your home depending on type of loan you're doing so um they are can they can be in the fives the higher fives um or the lower sixes, depending on what you're trying to do. But the, the higher fives are up there again now, yes. Okay. Um, what do you – I know crystal balls are tough, Lauren, <laughs> but it looks right. like they're telegraphing that interest rates are going to go up again. So would you – I mean, would you recommend people try to get something locked in now, or what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> they are telegraphing that they're going to raise rates again. If they do what the market expects and the market doesn't get surprised, then things may stay calm and just settle it's if they do things, you know, one way or the other. If they raise more than they say or not as much and it boosts the market at all, you know, things can get a little haywire. But um, if they just raise the way they say they're going to, then maybe we'll have a little, maybe the calmness can prevail for a bit. But we're in this higher interest rate environment for a while here. They're not going to pull back to where they were. So um, I always advise people to get pre-qualified. If you get into a loan to buy a house today and six months from now rates are lower, you know, 
people like myself will help you refinance to a lower rate and try to cover some of the closing costs so you don't pay twice and and just try to get you in a better situation anyhow. So that's always going to happen. And uh, with interest rates moving up like this, has this created opportunity for people to get into a house where there had been such competitive bidding for houses? Are you seeing maybe a little softer softening on um, real estate prices, or what do you see? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. We're not seeing prices come down yet, but what I do think is happening is, you know, when the home used to sell on a weekend with 30 offers, maybe there's not as many offers now. Some people have backed off and, uh, you know, maybe been, maybe they don't have the buying power they used to have. And so we're definitely, you know, still in a really hot market, but I think people are maybe just seeing less offers, which is nice. You know, maybe, maybe you don't have to go so far over list price as you did before. So there's always opportunity. And then remember, Kim, we still have all time high home values and equity for people. So, I'm getting calls from people wanting to take second mortgages out to take uh, advantage of equity but not blow up the rate on their first mortgage. So there's an opportunity where we can help people too. Okay. And then also, people on fixed incomes, they're getting very surprised. They plan for one thing, and with this inflation, something else Mm -hmm. is going on. And so you can help people with reverse mortgages as well. And people have to be 62, is that right? That's right. And that's a beautiful opportunity for people that are 62 and older because they have all time home equity as well. Uh, the values are up so high that people can take advantage of that on a reverse mortgage and, and help themselves out with some additional income during these, these you know, inflationary times for sure. Okay. Uh, how can people reach you, Lauren Levy? The easiest way is just give us a call, 303-880-8881. That's Lauren Levy, Polygon Financial Group, 303-880-8881. Lauren, thanks so much. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, Kim. Thank you. Have a great day. And uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be talking with our our, uh, fellow Liberty Toastmasters. In studio with me is Carol Baker. She is the VP of Education for Liberty Toastmasters Denver. And Annette Bybee, she's the host of Annette on America, which uh, broadcasts on Sunday evenings on KLZ. What time is that? 9 p.m. 9 p.m. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. 
And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And in studio with me is Annette Bybee. It's great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. And uh, you are the host of Annette on America, which is on Sunday nights on KLZ 560. That's right. 9 p.m. And a new show. Stay tuned. You'll have all the information on that soon. That's right. And Carol Baker, you are the VP of Education for Liberty Toastmasters Denver. And uh, we've got a lot of great guests here. So let's start it off. We do. And there's our Liberty Toastmasters North. And that is where uh, Terry Goon is from. And she is going to uh, be our first speaker this morning. And Terry, it was good to meet you uh, again uh, Saturday when you were having your 10th anniversary celebration of your uh, Liberty Toastmasters North Club. Oh, my goodness, that was so fun, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was great. We roasted one of our founders, Bradley Beck, (laughs) and um, I don't know that we've, any of us in our club have ever done that before where we were roasting somebody. It's a different kind of speaking opportunity, yes. Yes, yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah, and, and Terry, you know, normally we ha- we give you guys a suggested subject for this, but today we decided uh, we're going to live dangerously, and uh, it's a what's on your radar. So what's on your radar? Well, and you are living dangerously because there's so much on our radar right now <laughs> with, the, with the Supreme Court decisions coming down and, of course, in the primary election last night. So the primary election was very interesting in Colorado where it was looking like what has been deemed the most electable um, candidates are the ones who won in the primary last night. And I wasn't certain that that was going to go that way, but, you know, most of the people that I hang out with are very, you know, very, very political. And so it's hard to tell what the unaffiliated are going to do, what the non-political are going to do. And and so the the primary election turned out interesting. Let's just go with that. Mm Mm-hmm where it looks like the millions that the Democrats spent to, to boost what everybody is deeming the less electable, and I'm not so sure that's correct, but everybody's deeming the ones that were less electable, and they spent millions in the state, um, and it failed for them. So I found that interesting. Um, and then you've got, I'm up in Longmont, where we hit international news with the vandalism of the Pregnancy Resource Center here, um, which is, it, it's astounding to me that Antifa and, and these groups are hitting places that are only, and, you know, whether, whatever, you know, if you're for choice, isn't having a baby a choice? And if you need extra resources in that, isn't that exactly what these people want to have happen? You know, it's where you, where you get um, the resources that you need in order to have a healthy and happy baby in life. Um, so I, I don't understand it. I, I never will. And I find it appalling. Yeah, it is pretty remarkable for sure. Um, yeah, it's we're in such crazy times, Terry Goon. That's for sure. Yes. Yes, we are. Which brings us to the third, the other Supreme Court decision saying that you do have a right to bear arms. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and you may need it, especially if these people are going out <laughs> and just violently protesting against everything that's going on which is just insane yeah we shouldn't we should probably want to be able to protect ourselves so terry goon thank you so much thank you kim okay okay carol who's our next 
Victim. Our, our next speaker <laughs> does come from Liberty Toastmasters Denver, and it's a young man I've had a chance to get acquainted with recently. Jeffrey Reeves, we're glad to have you on the radio this morning with us. Well, I'm glad to be here. So what's on your radar, Jeffrey? Well, probably pretty much the same thing as what everyone else is. Um, I want to start with a little of being a history major in my undergraduate degree, a little history. Uh, when the founders were debating the Declaration and the Constitution, a large number of them knew and believed and, and held it to be a sacred fact that slavery was wrong, that all men are created equal. It didn't make any difference what your skin color was or your national origin or what family you came from. But they didn't specifically argue the point to the, to the point where they couldn't come to a conclusion, come to a compromise, and they did. It was, it was a, it's a wonderful compromise that has created the greatest country in the world, in the history of the world even. We're faced with the same kind of challenge right now with abortion. Um, my take is uh, life begins at conception. It's always been the way I've, I've uh, that's the that's the position that I've held. And I've held it because science says that, that that's the beginning. And the beginning doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. It means that it has happened. So the child has been conceived. In fact, I celebrate my birthday nine months prior to my birth. I celebrate my abortion, my abortion, my uh, conception day. <laughs> if we don't take that kind of position, that kind of a stand relative to abortion as, as conservatives, Republicans, libertarians, if we don't allow compromise on that all we get is screaming at each other mm. you're wrong I'm right you're right I'm wrong so I, I encourage all your listeners I encourage anybody anywhere to be willing to compromise on this issue not because you agree with anything other than what you personally hold to be the truth but because if we don't do that, we simply hurt the nation, we hurt each other, we create dichotomies, we create conflict, and we create, we, we're doing what the Democrats do. Mm. If, if we scream back at them, we're just doing exactly the same thing with, with these, that they're not Democrats, these uh, Woodrow Wilson progressives do. Mm. So that's my story. I'm sticking. Okay. <laughs> okay, Jeffrey Reeves, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. Carol, who's our next guest? From Liberty Toastmasters North, we have Greg Morrissey. It's always interesting to see hear his point of view. Greg, good morning. Good morning. How are we doing? Very well. So the open topic, open line. So uh, what's on your radar? What's on my radar is the fact that uh, the current voting and the amount of money that the uh, Democrats raised it didn't work. Hmm. That leads me to believe that the country is waking up to where the truth is, where our future should be, and where we're going. I find that fantastic. I also found that um, even talking to some of my fellow workers, how they're feeling about stuff, they're changing quite a bit too. I think Roe v. Wade was a huge victory and a huge way to go for this country to head in the right direction. 
that sanctity of life means everything. All the way around. Mm -hmm. All the way around. But I also see with the trouble we're having internationally, I've even contacted our current president and asked him to have peace talks with President Putin. Because I see things escalating there. If they escalate, that could be really bad. and get really bad really fast. So I'm asking all the listeners on the show and to tell all their friends. I contacted the White House asking him to start peace negotiations with President Putin. Everyone should do it. If he gets a couple, three million in there, maybe they'll start talking and they can bring that back with with all their um, warfare and all the deaths that are occurring right now. And I think that starts here with the people. We come out in mass to the president, start the peace talks, please. Yes, I think I certainly would uh, would prefer peace over this saber-rattling that's going on, uh, Greg Morrissey. And it was great to see you uh, up at Liberty Toastmasters North for the roast of Brad Beck last week. That was a blast. I had a lot of fun. That was really a lot of fun. <laughs> we all did. And, uh, Carol, uh, Liberty Toastmasters Denver uh, meets the first and third Saturdays of each month. That's right. And then Liberty Toastmasters North meets on the second and fourth. So when someone's actually wanting to get extra practice, extra speaking opportunities, or expand their opportunity to hear other speakers do their job well and practice their craft well, we can go to four meetings a month if we want to. And that's where I've had chances to hear folks like Greg Morrissey, not just on the radio. Okay. And people can go to Toastmasters International, put in Liberty Toastmasters, and they can find our clubs there, correct? Right. I have this liberty.toastmasters.org. Excuse me. I had it written down. Liberty.toastmastersclubs.org. Okay, great. There you go. Okay, Carol Baker, who is our next guest? We have... Anthony Hartsook from Liberty Toastmasters Denver. We've had a chance to get acquainted with him and his family. Uh, he's brought family members as guests. Uh, Anthony, you have been practicing your craft at our clubs, but you've also been speaking publicly as you've been a candidate for a House representative. Uh, who I understand it is District 44 in uh, Douglas County. Hey, good morning, Carol and Kim. Yeah, that's that's right. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, the primary results came in, and we uh, we did very well last time. We, we won it uh, pretty much overwhelmingly, and so that we're very excited. It's been a long night. We had a lot of folks over, but we're very excited. Well, congratulations. So, what's on your radar? Thank you very, thank you very much. I was just going to say. So, on that, I'd like to talk about America as the land of opportunity. You know, we there's so many, sadly, there's so many politicians out there that just deride America and saying that we're we're, we're, we're bad, we're this, we're that. And I completely disagree. This is the land of opportunity. I spent 26 years in the Army. I've been all over the world in multiple combat tours. And I've seen a lot of the bad things in the world. I've seen combat and conflict. We've had conflicts in the world since literally the beginning of time. And we always will but it also provides the opportunity for people to step up and strive and do great things. I mean, with great opportunity and achievement also comes great responsibility. And as people step up, we, we can see the greatness of people and what they do, not just in big things, but the little things they do to their friends, their neighbors, and, and what they give to that. I've seen that around the world where there's places I can't change what's going on in 
and places I've been, like Iraq and Afghanistan, but we could do something for, for the kids that were there. And when I was in Afghanistan, we, we did some work with some of the orphanages over there. Here in Colorado, I think we need to work. we got to strive to make things better by supporting freedom and critical thinking. We have to be responsible. I think we should also look at seeking to understand before being understood, right? Sometimes people just start getting pontificating, and they want everybody to see their point of view, but they're unwilling to listen to the other person's point of view. And I think it needs to be a two-way street. And here with Fourth of July, you know, coming up right around the corner on Independence Day, I think we should absolutely celebrate those freedoms, those opportunities that we have, and pass that on to others and try to, to bring people up instead of tearing them down. Those are my thoughts. Well, those are great thoughts, Anthony, and congratulations on uh, your victory yesterday. You got just almost 63% of the vote, and that is for uh, State Representative District 44. So congratulations to you. Thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful Independence Day. Okay. And uh, I think what we'll do is we're going to go to break. Uh, in studio with me is Annette Bybee, and she's the host of Annette on America, and that is on Sunday nights. That's right. Sunday nights at 9, right here. Great to have you. And right here on KLZ 560. Carol Baker, you are in studio as well. I always love hearing from our uh, uh, colleagues on this, and this is interesting to just throw it out, what's on our radar. Before we go to break, though, we've got Rick Rome on the line. Uh, But before we go to break, Kirsch Insurance Group is another great sponsor of the show. Uh, They are specialists in the Medicare arena, and government uh, runs Medicare, so that means it's complicated. It's great to have professionals on your side of the table. Kirsch Insurance Group are just that, and they work with with a lot of different companies, so they can help you just uh, tailor your plan that's just perfect for you. So be sure and check out iKirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com, iKirsch.com, and we'll be right back with Carol Baker and Annette Bybee. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at threepointsfinancial.com. That's threepointsfinancial.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of The Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And uh, it's great to have in studio with me Annette Bybee. Uh, she is the host of uh, Annette on America, Sunday nights at 9 o'clock on KLZ 560, right? That's right. What do you talk about? I talk about all sorts of things, but mostly local and national politics. Okay, so you have plenty to talk about. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And uh, in studio also is Carol Baker. She's the VP of Education for Liberty Toastmasters Denver. And uh, so we've got another one of our colleagues on uh, on the line right now, and uh, that is uh, Rick Rome. And you're you're getting all your ears back on there, uh, Carol Baker. So um, introduce Rick. 
Well, and Rick is an officer with a Liberty Taskmasters Denver, which gives him the opportunity to be immediate past president while he has been president. And I just really value that in Toastmasters clubs is that they encourage the past president to be involved with the new president, which is Josh Lalamant and his first Saturday, uh, his first meeting to be president will be this Saturday. But Rick, I have appreciated you and that leadership role in guiding new people in leadership. But once in a while, we give you a chance to speak too. So today... What do you have on your radar that you uh, would like to get to share with everyone else here? Well, Carol, thank you for those kind words. Uh, I'm not sure what would possess you to give me an open mic, but there's an expression that comes to mind, <laughs> hold my beer. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk about the celebration of victories that we had last week through the Supreme Court. We had two major victories. One was the public prayer victory. And it doesn't seem like much for a college coach to be able to kneel on the 50-yard line in a private prayer. But when we look at the assault that was taking place on our religious institutions nationwide during the COVID lockdown, super spreader events, uh, SWAT team raids on Easter Sunday, one of the holiest days in the Christian faith, it tells me where they're most concerned about us having a voice. And that was a solid affirmation for the First Amendment. Great cause for celebration and, and a reason to be happy about what's starting to the, the tides that are changing in this country. The second one is the Roe v. Wade. Obviously, um, my concerns re- regarding uh, abortion and the sanctity of life, notwithstanding, it was a huge win for states' rights. Those powers not enumerated in this document are reserved to the states and the people, and that was the crux of that opinion. Uh, when I hear the left talking about how the Constitution is a living document, they're right. And there is a process to change it. It's called the Constitutional Convention, and if you can get two-thirds of the state to come together to sanctify that as a right, do what you can. But I don't see how that could possibly happen. We've had a great victory for states' rights. And, and those, are, those are cause for celebration, in my opinion. Cause for independence. Well, it really is. And, and the Tenth Amendment, where it basically says that the uh, powers that are not enumerated in the Constitution for the federal government goes back to the states and to the people. I always think that that's an important thing to remember, Rick Rome. Absolutely. The people are who make this country great, and that's one of the one of the things that makes this country unique is our, our the rights of government are endowed by the people and not the other way around. Definitely. Rick Rome, I, Carol Baker and, and you, um, you're both leaders in our uh, Toastmasters Club. And I have mm-hmm. to tell you, one of the most entertaining things that I have ever witnessed was when you and Carol uh, went after each other in a debate. Uh, to and, um, and I think, Carol, Rick was the reason you are in Toastmasters, but I thought you guys were serious for a little while, oh, and I was you? a little concerned. Oh, yeah. you? <laughs> yes, we were competing. We were campaigning. It was, he was giving me the opportunity to practice my campaign speech in a debate form as I was uh, a, a year ago looking for well, the role of president, yes. And, and, Carol, if I recall the rules of engagement, the only reason I agreed to run against you is because you were going to throw some mud at me and we were going to roll around like pigs in a trough. <laughs> we were going to sling some mud. There was definitely some some mud uh, slung on that for sure. Hey, Rick Rome, we've got just a little bit of time. And uh, your vision, you and Carol have worked so hard, uh, and, of course, Brad Beck, helping people get their voices and that's one of the things I really think these candidates now that we're through the primary 
Everybody should really, I think, attend Liberty Toastmasters. In fact, uh, Colonel Rutledge, um, 93 years old, he was in Toastmasters many years ago, and he and I have talked about how important it would be for candidates to start to have this discipline, and I'd highly recommend that they start to attend either Liberty Toastmasters Denver or Liberty, Liberty Toastmasters North, Rick. Well, one of the things that I said to Brad at the uh, roast, I didn't really roast him, it was more complimentary in nature, was that the, by founding these two clubs, he had set the stage for us to be able to help people find their voice. And for people like me, it was a life-changing experience. Um, not necessarily because I couldn't stand up and speak publicly, which was a challenge for me, but it gave me the confidence to try things that I had never thought were possible in my life. It gave me the confidence to be a leader in my community to step up and get involved in the causes that I believe in. And and I don't necessarily believe in the causes that the other members of the club do. In fact, I'm, I'm kind of at odds with a lot of you folks about to find a point on it, but it's always met with respect, and it's always met with dignity, and it's always met with the purpose of making each of us better. So I would encourage anyone to come down to that club and, and find your voice. Absolutely. And in the arena of ideas. Absolutely. And uh, to that point, Rick, we don't always agree on things, and we're always very respectful um, at the meetings. And then normally we go out for lunch afterwards, and that's where the real dialogue occurs, Rick. So thank you so much. Great. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. Okay. Uh, So, Annette, um, what do you think about this whole Liberty Toastmasters and uh, all these different folks calling in with these different ideas? Well, it sounds, you know, I, I went on the radio one time and I said, I've noticed I'm saying, uh, too many times. <laughs> and my mom, of course, I had Dinesh D'Souza on one time and she actually twice now. Tune in this Sunday night at nine to hear Dinesh D'Souza awesome. talk about 2000 Mules. Had to throw that out there. At nine o'clock. But, yes, <laughs> nine o'clock. But my mom's after the last time I had Dinesh on, she, she calls me and says, Gosh, he was just so much more articulate than you were. You kept saying, uh, thanks, Mom. Mom. So I I put out there on Facebook, everyone, I like to crowdsource my problems. What can I do to stop saying, uh? And uh, several of the answers were Toastmasters. And so as you're sitting here talking, I'm thinking, maybe it's time to take a look at that. Because we can all use improvements in how we... How we communicate. How we're communicating. Yeah, even on the radio, even when you've been doing this for years and years, we always have these little habits or quirks or things that we can improve on. So I'm thinking I need to come check it out. Well, and, and this Saturday, I'm not going to be there this Saturday. It's my high school reunion. That's right. Yes, That's so I'm right. not going to make it. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> Is it your 20th wanna... already? It's my 20th. Tw- ah, <laughs> don't you say anything, Steve. <laughs> John Hancock's going to be there. <laughs> So in the following meeting, we're going to want to hear you give a presentation about what it was like. Okay, It should be a lot of fun. So, Carol, you've seen so many people find their voices and improve with Liberty Toastmasters, and you and I as well. And, and to, Annette, to your point, I hear myself say, uh, in many of these fillers, it happens on live radio, but it is making me better. I have... Lots of room for improvement, but it and it's and we're friends. We become friends, even though we don't agree. We we kick the tires on these ideas, and we're friends. We want everybody to do better, right? And something I've noticed is we have two types of speaking opportunities in a club meeting. And that one, one is the prepared speeches, and I hear many of our speakers do a prepared speech with no us and ums or anything like this, and they're speaking in nice complete sentences. 
But then when we have another part of the meeting, when we get to do impromptu speaking, and we're encouraged to take two to three minutes to speak on a subject that we've just had presented to us, so it's going to be a cold situation. Those same speakers will stammer and stutter (laughs) and whatever. And it has to do with whether we're trying to think about what we're saying at the same time. And that's an experience. They're two different things. But when we are together, it's kind of a bonding experience when you let somebody see some of your flaws Mm -hmm. and you give someone a chance to critique your flaws. But they critique them in a constructive way, in the way that you improve. And what's bonding about that is when you get better at it, you know you got better and those other folks that were teaching you and coaching you saw you get better and and it's very encouraging you know i was just thinking as um who is it our vice president of uh, membership right uh probably would be good if we not to put everything on them we can all step up and help is to reach out to these candidates and invite them and we have those opportunities from time to time because it's interesting how it's also just another network. We get acquainted with people in these other settings. Right. But, uh, who are, uh, we do have a current uh, vice president of membership who is very hot on that, and that is actually Rick Rome now. <laughs> that uh, we will have that opportunity, especially during this particular election cycle. So, yes, I think it's important, and, and of course, um, we love to have guests. We're just about out of time. <clears throat> Annette, how would you like to wrap up this first hour? I know you're going to stay for the second hour as well. How would you like to wrap this up? Well, first of all, it's been wonderful being in studio. It's different. I usually record my shows ahead of time. And so being in studio with two other ladies that are also very well-versed in all the topics, it's been wonderful to talk to you both. Um, in studio, it's nice. I'm used to just being me or me and someone on Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I love it. But I love the fact that we have these individuals calling in and just talking off the cuff for two to three minutes. On, and they all had something different to talk about. They had different personalities, different ways of expressing themselves. So I think it's neat that they had that opportunity to call in and do that and that we got to hear what regular Americans are thinking about out there that are just sharing with us. And the other thing on the two to three minutes, as people are getting more and more involved in going to the school board meetings or going down to testify at the Capitol, typically you may think that you're going to have two minutes. Sometimes they make it even shorter, but it's great experiences, table topics uh, for people to get their voices, and it has to be concise. Uh, Carol, what's your final thoughts you want to leave with everybody? Well, I think the learning how to speak in front of other people is great. I also really appreciate how Toastmasters, which has just been around for decades, has ways of encouraging people to learn leadership, to take on different roles as vice president of this or that or secretary or treasurer and eventually uh, a president of a club in a way that gives you a chance to learn how to participate at that level of functioning. And yet it's a teaching opportunity. People aren't expecting you to already know how it works. And the reason I bring that up is because our new year begins this Saturday. This Saturday is the first Saturday of July. That's our first Saturday of our new year. It's the first Saturday for all of our new, uh, newly elected officers to be in their new positions. So it was amazing at the last meeting, too, to see the collaboration between outgoing officers and incoming officers mm-hmm. as they were working together about, oh, by the way, let me hand this off to you if you have any questions questions give me a call and whatever and and that's exciting as a matter of fact this is also independence day weekend which traditionally a lot of our regulars a lot of our folks uh who just attend 
occasionally would want to visit. So we'll see you this Saturday, July 2nd. It'll be a lot of fun. Thanks so much, Carol Baker, for being in studio. Annette Bybee, you're going to stay for the second hour here. And our quote for the end of the show is from Napoleon Hill. And he said this, when you close the door of your mind to negative thoughts, the door of opportunity opens to you. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas, mistruths or misconceptions, and it is getting us into a world of hurt. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. Indeed, let's have a conversation and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued, you have purpose. Today, strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. My friends, you were made for this moment. And thank you to this team I work with. That's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, Jen, Echo, all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, Producer Steve. Oh, yeah. Back at you. Happy Wednesday. Wonderful Wednesday. Wonderful Wednesday, for sure. Check out my website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. We have had a very brisk uh, sign-ups, which is super exciting. But uh, we normally try to just send out one email each week on a Sunday. And it'll have all the upcoming guests, our most recent podcast, our most recent op-ed, or essays, excuse me. And uh, thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. And my friends, if something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do it. It's never compassionate to take other people's stuff, whether or not it's their rights, property, freedom, livelihood, or opportunity via force. And that could be with a weapon policy, unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, government-induced inflation, or the World Economic Forum, Davos Globalist Elite's agenda for our lives. They look at us as minions. And I am so excited to have in studio with me I'm at Bybee, and she has a show Sunday evenings on KLZ. It is Annette on America, and you've been doing podcasts for quite some time. Yes. <clears throat> yes, I've been podcasting for a few years and then jumped over to radio last September doing Annette on America, Sunday nights, 9 o'clock here, and it's been awesome. And meeting you through that process has also been just wonderful. Like, I never thought I would be sitting in Kim Munson's studio doing the Kim Munson show Oh, it's her. great. <laughs> it's great to have you. What, um, what got you involved? Gosh, that's uh, a funny story. I actually wrote a book on dating with a friend of mine, and we decided that we needed to advertise it by podcasting. And so we did that for a year. We had a bunch of single people come in every week and talk about their experiences dating. <laughs> and then after a year of that, I said, you know what? I'm kind of tired of talking about being single. So I want to talk about what I want to talk about, which is politics, because my undergrad is political science. I have a law degree, and I, I was a Rush baby, grew up listening to Rush. And um, I just said, you know what? This is 
what I've actually always wanted to do. Why not just start doing this? Well, we didn't have podcasting when I was younger. And so then all of a sudden, here's podcasting. There's, it's available for me to just you know sit at home and record and send out to all the podcast providers. And it's extremely addictive. So I've been doing that for a few years. And then, you know, here we are, radio. And uh, it's, every week I have this one hour and I have about five hours worth of material I, know I can it. use. I, I understand that. Uh, yeah, we've talked about that many times. I, I, what is it you say, uh, Steve, that we're trying to put 10 pounds of flour in a five-pound bag or something? Yeah. yeah. You, you got it. 10 pounds of stuff. In a, and this is the sanitized version in, in a five-pound bag. Yes. Stuff. So, but it's great to have you here. So let's get to our quote for the day. And that is from Oliver Napoleon Hill. He was an American self-help author. He's best known for his book, Think and Grow Rich, which is among the 10 best-selling self-help books of all time. Hill's works in, um, insisted that fervid, uh, fervid expectations are essential to improving one's life. He was born in 1883. He died in 1970. And I think this is so appropriate for right now. When we talk about mental health, this is it. It says, fear is a habit. So is self-pity, defeat, anxiety, despair, and hopelessness and resignation. You can eliminate all these negative habits with two simple resolves. I can and I will. That uh, pretty well, I think, sums it up, Annette. Yes, I do. I think that's wonderful. I mean, our attitude has such an effect on the rest of the day, on, on everything that we do and how we do it. So even getting up early in the morning like I did today, <laughs> I can put a smile on my face, say, I can stay awake. I will stay awake. <laughs> I do stay awake. Right. I can, I will, I do. I do. That's, that's exactly right. right. So, hey, let's move over here to Angela Eicher. Uh, we now will be moving, now that we're through the primaries, um, there are many different initiatives that are in the signature gathering phase right now. And Angela is um, working on one of those. I think it's it's one of hers. Angela, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. It's great to have you. So tell us, what, uh, what are you up to? Um, so we are working on a ballot initiative, um, which we've called Equal Protection for All Children. And so this ballot initiative makes it illegal um, to kill any child prior to, during, or after birth up to the age of 18 years old. Um, so we don't allow any discrimination based, based on their age or level of development or really any other factor that we could discriminate a person. We want to protect all our children equally. Okay, and uh, so is this at the point of conception or where, where, is, um, where are you looking at where life begins on this? Yes, at conception. So yes, we wrote um, any time prior to birth. So we, we see um, development as a continuum, and so um, children go through the embryonic stage of development, the fetal stage of development, infanthood, toddlerhood, and so yes, we see it as just a continuing developing child. And why did you uh, decide that you wanted to get this initiative on the ballot this year? Um, so we were asked. Um, last year, a little over a year ago, we were asked by some of the people who had ran the Proposition 115 against the late-term abortions. We were asked if we would be willing to carry another pro-life ballot measure for the upcoming um, elections. And so a group of three of us, we've got a school teacher, and I'm a physical therapist, and then we have a director of a pregnancy center. We've been praying together and meeting together and calling people for the past year and that's how it came together. 
Well, I particularly with Colorado, um, now I can't remember the number. Is it 1279 that was passed? Or 1269, I can't remember. Mm-hmm. 12, uh, 1279. Mm-hmm. 1279, which that is the abortion bill that was passed here in Colorado, which makes it legal to actually abort a baby right up until the time the baby's in the birth canal. And then, Patty, my researcher, has been doing some research on this, and it's ambiguous. It says something about postnatal, which could possibly Mm -hmm. mean it's so ambiguous that that would mean that care might not be uh, provided for a baby after birth. So, I mean, it's very onerous what was passed here, Angela. Yes, and I've heard that as well. Um, There's actually a case a legal case out in none of a child that was killed and they're trying to determine if the child was killed after birth or before birth. Um, so they're, they're uh, using this child was killed be- before birth, but the coroner's saying after birth. So um, yeah, this new law is already being used to condone killing of children. Did not realize that uh, had happened. Um, now, you're in the signature gathering phase. When when do you have to have those signatures uh, submitted to the Secretary of State? So we have to have them all back up there by August 8th. Okay. Um, but we do have some processing before that that we have to do, so we're trying to get all of them back by the beginning, the very beginning of August, so we can do our processing. Okay. How many signatures do you need? We need 125,000. Okay. But we're going to try to shoot past that mark in case some get thrown out. Okay. And are you? do you have any paid uh, signature gatherers, or is it all volunteers? We are all volunteer. We have some wonderful volunteers, about 250 of them, and, and God is multiplying us daily. So we're really excited to just keep welcoming people on board that want to help. Well, Angela, I so agree with you regarding the sanctity and preciousness of life. I've not read the complete initiative, but I've looked at it quickly. I'm uh, I'm concerned about the component of the criminalizing of that. Um, I, I really, I'd like to win this battle in education, battle of ideas. What, what's your comments on that? Um, so yeah, we wrote it. Um, the language that we chose, um, we were really trying to educate voters with the language. So we really wanted to focus on the child and that we can't discriminate based on the age or level of development. So as we go out and we collect signatures, and if this should appear on the ballots, that whole process we're hoping will educate voters and give them access to the truth. Um, It's interesting you say that because a lot of people, when they hear what I'm doing, they say, oh, thank you for all your hard work for the unborn which is just a, it's a piece of what I'm doing. It's a piece of the reason that I do what I do. But really the heart of why I'm doing this is because I believe that people need access to the truth, that there's been so many lies for so many years and society as a whole, but women especially, have fallen victim to these lies. Um, But now with the advent of ultrasound, um, scientifically even, we can see that these are children developing in the womb. Mm-hmm. And so we just need to dispel lies. And, you know, we need to help women by letting them know, you know, this is a child. Um, we're going to help you. We're going to love you. We're going to figure out the best way that you and your child can live and thrive. You know, whether that be adoption or whether, you know, you need financial assistance or parenting classes. Um, and then we also did write in there that if, there, you know, a medical procedure needs to be done to save 
the life or preserve the health of, health of the mother, that is allowed. Um, and then the doctor needs to also try to save the life of the child. The doctor needs to recognize that there's two patients mm-hmm. and try to save, you know, both lives. So, yeah, um, I guess if you could expand further on what you're, what you're concerned about with the criminalization, I might be able to give you a clearer answer. Um, again, I looked at it very quickly, and it looked like there was, um, uh, if somebody had an abortion or if a provider provided an abortion, that they could be um, uh, charged criminally. Uh, is am I? And like I say, I've not read the whole thing yet, so I should have done that. Um, but that oh, yeah, was okay. my my understanding. Yes, so that is correct. So. Um, we do we do know it's true that um, these are children developing in the womb, and so we're protecting them just as we pr- would protect any child, sure. like a two-year-old, a seven-year-old. Um, so yes, uh, what this would do is it would make abortion illegal. So people that would receive penalties um, for this, for if they were continuing to still kill children within the womb, would be the people that are participating in the illegal activity. So those would be the people that would receive penalties. Now, um, as far as who would receive the greatest penalty, we're really going after the abortionists because they're the ones that are performing the activity. They're promoting the illegal activity. Um, So I'm assuming it'd be similar to like a drug bust. You know, Mm -hmm. they always kind of go after the dealer um, and and get get the dealer off the streets and and behind bars. Um, We're also hoping to uncover a lot of um, sex offenders and um, sex traffickers, because they often use abortion as a scapegoat. They can right. kind of cover up their crime that right. way. Right. And this way, if abortion is illegal, um, we can start to find these people that are that are you know um, sex offending and put them behind bars as well. Well, and also care for the mother uh, is so important, and also everybody around the issue—fathers, families, the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. Angela, how yeah, can people? They've all been lied to. They—they they have. There is the lie of that. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. How can people get more information and read the initiative? Where can they go? Oh, wonderful! Yes, so if they could visit our website, it's gotaheart.org. So that's G O T A H E A R T. Dot O-R-G. Um, we have uh, the full language of the initiative on there. We have a bunch of different resources and videos that explain why we're doing what we're doing, and they explain fetal development as well. Um, and then we have opportunities for people to sign up to help us gather signatures. Okay. Hey, Angela Iker, thank you so much for caring for life, the life of the baby, the mom, the dad. Thank you for caring for everybody. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Annette, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, some of the primary results. And then, of course, the last segment of the show is uh, call-ins. We'd love to hear from you. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. 
for clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at 3PointsFinancial.com. That's 3PointsFinancial.com. Franktown Firearms owns their name and their word, so they never compromise on their beliefs. They refuse to go back on a promise, and they run their gun range the same way. Franktown Firearms doesn't answer to a corporate office. Their team has fought to keep their range completely independent, so they can go to sleep at night knowing they maintained their integrity. They've been in business on the same property for multiple generations and maintained their values. As a family-operated, family-friendly business, they care about their customers like family. So, while they aren't politically correct, they treat every client with respect and decency. They believe in the power of a handshake because they stay true to their word. They value hard work and respect your hard-earned money that you choose to spend with them, regardless of how many times you return. Don't compromise your beliefs. Honor your independence with Franktown Firearms at klzradio.com slash franktown. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. In studio with me is Annette Bybee. She is the host of Annette on America, which is on KLZ 560 on Sunday evenings. That's right, 9 p.m. And you're going to have a live show soon, and that's when it, so you've, podcasting's a little different animal than these live shows, you know, clock management, all that's so interesting, so you wanted to get in studio and see what the, what it all looked like. Yes, I, I'm being here, I can see I was right. It's very different, and so I'm going to have to learn how to manage my time, and that's different with podcasting. You just kind of talk, and you have a good time, and then you're, oh, time's about up, and we're done. This is a whole different animal. <laughs> <laughs> that it is. And we have flexibility. That's one thing. Some some uh, shows have to get up to a heartbreak each time. We've got flexibility, which is great. But let's go through, again, some of the, uh, the results from yesterday from the primary um, Election. Uh, it says, uh, and we're over on the Secretary of State's um, website, and total turnout was just about 29%. Mm. And I think it's Thomas Jefferson that said, uh, it's not, it, it's, it's the people that vote that really makes the difference. So those that didn't vote, uh, you know, what, 70% didn't vote uh, in this primary. They shouldn't be saying a whole lot. <laughs> shouldn't be saying a whole lot. Yeah. So, okay, let's run through here. And most of the Democrat races are uncontested. So we'll mm-hmm. primarily primarily talk about the Republicans. Uh, on uh, U- U.S. Senator Joe O'Day had just about 55% of the vote. And Ron Hanks had just uh, about 45.5%. So congratulations to Joe O'Day. Uh, let's see here. Going on down to the next one. That would be Lauren Boebert. Uh, she had a challenger, Don Corum. She was victorious with a little over 65% of the vote. Uh, on down to, um, let's see, oh, let's see, which district was that? Was that two? Yeah, oh, I can't remember now. I should tell you. Oh, it's District 3. Okay, so District 4, Congressional District 4. Uh, which was uh, Ken Buck and Bob Lewis. Uh, Ken Buck won that race just about three to one. 
Uh, let's see, over here on CD5, that's uh, Doug Lamporn was successful. He had about 48% of the vote. Next was Dave Williams at, at just under 33%. Rebecca Kelty was just under 13%. And Andrew Heaton was uh, just, uh, just about 6%. Uh, let's see. Steve uh, Monahan uh, did not have a challenger for CD6, so he moves on. Uh, CD7, very competitive race. Great candidates in that race. Uh, Eric Odlin received just about 48% of the vote. He was the winner there. Tim Reichert was at 36%, and Laurel Eimer was at 16%. And then CD8, that new one, uh, Annette. Uh, Barbara Kirkmeyer was um, uh, the winner there at 40%. Lori Sane was uh, just a little over 20%. Jan Kuhlman, just about 23%. And Tyler Alcorn at 16.6%. Any comments before we move on on those? Well, are we going to come back? Because I-, I was a little bit disappointed. You know, I tend to be more on the conservative side. And I really liked Ron Hanks. Mm-hmm. I had him on my show a few times. Mm-hmm. I was just very impressed with his genuineness and his... Um, very pro-lifeness, which is also something that uh, we don't see as much of from uh, Joe O'Day. I mean, obviously, we're going to get behind the candidates that have won. Mm-hmm. So because we are in a pretty blue state here, and we'd like to turn it at least purple. Mm-hmm. But um, I was a little disappointed in some of these races. Um, the uh, candidate running in my state representative district, I always forget it. I think it's HD4. Anyway, she did not win, and I we, I knocked on doors with her, and I really liked her, so I was kind of... Who, and who was that? Uh, this is Robin Webb. Okay. Yeah, I really liked her. She's a mama bear. Mm-hmm. I had her on my show a few times. There are several of us, of us mama bears that got really involved in politics, um, or at least speaking up at school board meetings, mm-hmm. you know, after COVID, and she was one of those, yeah. and so I would hope that she'd move on. Yeah. I really like Robin. I'm sorry, Robin. I voted for you. <laughs> I walked with you. Yeah. Um, and um, so, you know, I was disappointed on some of these uh, races. Yeah. Well, I had endorsed uh, Ron Hanks mm-hmm. and Greg Lopez and Tina Peters mm-hmm. and the grassroots candidates. They were not successful. They didn't make it through there. And uh, Robin Webb, I, I know her and she was a great candidate. And of course, congratulations to Kurt Huffman, mm-hmm. who did win that race. Uh, okay, let's move on here to um, Governor Heidi Ganahl. Got uh, about uh, 53, a little over 53%. Greg Lopez was uh, just under 47%, so pretty competitive race. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on down to Secretary of State, Pam Anderson received 43% of the vote. Mike, Michael Donald, 28 and a half, and Tina Peters, 28 and a quarter. Any comments on that? Hey, yeah. I wasn't happy about that one either. But the whole whole election kind of says that Republicans in this state are going for establishment candidates. Mm -hmm. And so it seems to me like their main concern is beating the Democrats, which is uh, 100% understandable. Mm -hmm. But it's still hard when you see people like Pam Anderson, who you know were involved with Zuckerbucks, Mm -hmm. and and I don't see her as a real Republican. And so my question is, what good is it going to do if we get someone in there who's not a real Republican just because they have an R after their name? So that Secretary of State, um, uh, it's such an important, it's such an important office. It is, and so you hate to see someone in there who's not going to actually fight for election fairness. And so Mm -hmm. I have to wonder if someone who, you know, is involved with Zuckerbucks, is going to be that person. (laughs) One of the first things that we have to do is we have got to change this uh, these mail-in ballots. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're papering the state with all of these ballots, and so that'll be the first thing to see mm-hmm. if candidates are serious about that, for sure. Right. Um, let's see here. 
State Treasurer Lang Sias on the Republican side was unopposed, so he got 100% of the vote. John Kellner was unopposed for Attorney General. He got 100% of the vote. Uh, State Board of Education member at large, Dan Malloyt, got 100% of the vote. He was unopposed. Um, see, uh, State Board of Education, CD5, Steve Durham, was unopposed, so he got that. And CD6, Molly Lamar, received 100% of the vote on the Republican side because she was unopposed. Uh, let's see here. Peggy Probst and Cody LeBlanc were both running for State Board of Education, CD8. Peggy uh, received uh, just a, over 55% of the vote, so she's victorious there. And then Regent of uh, University of Colorado on the Republican side, Amy Nace, was uh, unopposed. Uh, Republican side on um, CD4, Frank McNulty was unopposed. Uh, Let's see, Ken Montera, CD5, was unopposed. Uh, Let's see here. In CD8, you know what, they... um, they're not all up every year. Uh, so CD8, uh, Mark Van Driel got almost 53% of the vote, and Eric Reiner got 47%. So Mark Van Driel moves on on that particular race. Any comments on those, Annette? No, I can't say that I've really followed any of those races. Okay, <laughs> okay. Then let's uh, let's see here. We'll run through state senator. Uh, let's see. State Senator District 3 Republican is Stephen Varela. Uh, unopposed. Mark Baisley uh, is District 4, unopposed. Uh, State Senator District 7, Janice Rich, was unopposed. Uh, District 8, Matt Solomon, unopposed. District 9, uh, that was a competitive race. Paul Lundeen received almost 68% of the vote, and Linda Zamora Wilson, just uh, under 33%. So, Paul Lundeen, congratulations to him on that. Uh, State Senator Dennis Heisey was uh, unopposed, District 11. Rob Woodward, District 15, was unopposed. Uh, Tim Walsh, District 20, was unopposed. Uh, Colby Dreschel was unopposed in District 22. District 24, Courtney Potter received 100% of the vote because she was unopposed. Uh, Let's see. Melody Piotter, it looks like, uh, Republican Party, District 25. And uh, let's see, District 27, that was a competitive race. Tom Kim received 70% of the vote. Julie Marie A. Shepard-Macklin, just under 30%. So Tom uh, Kim moves on. Kevin Van Winkle, District 30, uh, was the uh, uh, unopposed there. Uh, Dean Flanders, District 32, unopposed. Uh, Travis... Excuse me. Uh, Rod Pelton, uh, state senator, unopposed there. So, okay, so uh, the last thing we'll go through is uh, state house. Um, but any comments on that before we go to break, Annette? Um, I'm excited that Kevin Van Winkle and Mark Baisley are moving on. Yeah. I like both of those gentlemen. Uh, I think we're going to have an exciting Senate if we can get, there's a chance we can flip the Senate, the state Senate. Would be <laughs> At least we'd have some kind of a bulwark with yes. all of this terrible stuff going on out there. So hopefully that's going to be the case. So let's go to break. When we come back, we'll talk about the state house. And in studio with me is Annette Bybee and uh, Annette on America on Sunday nights, nine o'clock. That's right. Okay. Great to have you here. We'll be right back. Thanks. 
Medical freedom and personal choice are both sacred to comprehensive, patient-first healthcare. At Roots Medical, our providers honor those rights diligently in every appointment. Located in Denver Tech Center, Roots Medical is a functional primary care clinic with specialties in hormones, thyroid, gut health, detox, and COVID recovery. Establishing care with us is just a text message away, 303-569-6794. For more information, visit rootsmedical.net. Roots Medical is a proud member of Colorado Healthcare Providers for Freedom. The Metro home ownership real estate market is very tight right now. That's why Kim Munson recommends you have seasoned REMAX realtor Karen Levine on your side of the table. Karen Levine will help you navigate through the many details of your home buying experience so that you can successfully pursue your American dream. Because Karen Levine cares about property rights for each individual, she volunteers hundreds of hours to represent home ownership opportunities at the local, county, state, and national levels. If you are considering buying or selling your home, call Karen Levine today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of the sponsors of the Kim Munson Show, but you can't remember their phone contact or website information. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at Kim com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you shouldn't have to force people to do that. Uh, just running through these uh, races here, let's go through the state house, Annette. And I will mention just a couple. So we have a number of women's groups. And uh, the Boulder Tapas and Topics girls, they had uh, three different girls that were running for office. And Tara Menza is also the president of the Longmont Republican Women's Group. Now, she was unopposed, but she's moving on in District 11. So it would be great for for you to get out and help her. Anya Kervon. Um, she's at District 12, and she was unopposed, but she's moving on. She will be just terrific. Uh, but again, going through these competitive races, uh, District 14, Rose Puglisi was victorious over Joe, uh, I think it's Woti. Uh, she received almost 55% of the vote, and that's District 14. And again, I'm just running through these uh, competitive races on the Republican side here. Uh, Republican... District 18, I didn't know either of these. Summer Grubert received about 32% of the vote, and Shanna Black, 68%. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate these people stepping forward to run for office, uh, Annette. I know, they're great, aren't they? Yeah, I have to give a shout-out to Brandy Bradley as well. She ran on the post for state rep, and so she will be going up against Democrat in the fall and okay. she was a mama bear and this is her first time running and she's awesome yeah she's a firecracker yeah she is i i she uh, she i totally agree okay <laughs> uh let's see district 21 that was competitive mary bradfield received almost 66 percent of the vote so victorious over carl o'brien dent senior um on down here Okay, District 25, Colin Larson received almost 68% of the vote. Dee Dee Wagner, 32%. Congratulations to Colin Larson there. Republican District 26, 
Uh, Savannah Wolfson received 61% of the vote. Glenn Lowe, the third, 38%. Do you, did you know them? Um, just vaguely. I know. Okay. I'm, I think Savannah is another one of those mama bear types. Okay. Okay. Great. Uh, let's see here. I'm just about to get through all these. I just want to make sure everybody knows these. Uh, Democrat. There's just a few Democrat, but very few Democrat challengers on that. I wonder what happened on any of that. Mm-hmm. Let's see here. Just running through. Okay, that's Democrat side. Okay, District 43, you mentioned this one. Kurt Huffman received uh, uh, 61% of the vote. Robin Webb, just about 39% of the vote. Uh, so congratulations there. Both great candidates. Anthony Hartsuk, who we had on earlier, District 44, was victorious, about 63% over Terry Dodd. Uh, Lisa Frizzell, 56% over Bill Jack. That's District 45. Okay. There's just a few more here. Republican um, on the side, District 48. Uh, Gabe Evans was victorious over Terry Lee Robert DeGroot, 70% to almost 30%. Uh, Katie Lair, and she's another one of the Boulder Tapas and Topics girls. Mm. She had a primary, awesome. and she re- and that's District 49. She received 56% of the vote uh, over John Caldwell. So excited. She's a great candidate as well. Yay. Really excited about that. District 51, Hugh McKean uh, received 56.5% of the vote. Challenger Austin Hine, 43.5%. Uh, so that's a very interesting race mm-hmm. uh, c- because uh, Hugh has been uh, in leadership down at the uh, state house. So that was uh, quite an interesting challenge there. Uh, let's see. Uh, District 55, Rick uh, Taggart was victorious over Trish Weber. That was a relatively close race, 53% to 47. And let's see here. We're just about through all these. Uh, let's see. I'm sure glad people have stepped forward. All of these candidates, I do want to say thank you to them. District 62, Car- uh, Carol Riggenbach was uh, victorious over Ryan Williams. Uh, Richard Holthorf was victorious over Jesse Vance. That's District 53. About 72% of the vote Richard received. That was a, a very interesting challenge there. And that was the other race that I did endorse. I endorsed Richard Holthorf in that particular race. And I think that's it on the state level. So before we get over to, we've got a caller here. Yes, we do. So any other comments on that? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> so on the line with us is a candidate for governor, and that's Danielle Neuschwanger. Danielle, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. Glad to be back. Glad to, glad to have you on. So what's your thoughts about the primary from yesterday? You know, I was not shocked at all. Actually, right after state assembly, we had made predictions of what races were going to go which way, and every single one of our predictions came true. And why did you make those uh, predictions? What was your basis? So historically in Colorado, if you have looked over the last 30 years, candidates that petition on um, to the primary typically are the candidates that come out of the race. And the unaffiliated voter percentages that actually participate in those races is very telling, especially with the correlation to the money spent in the race. And so there was a direct correlation between the votes cast, and we have um, about 3.8 million registered voters, and less than a million voted in the primary. Um, About half of those were Democratic, and then the other half switched to the GOP. So just tracking patterns of the last 30 years is pretty easy to predict who was coming out of those races. 
Okay, so now you are a candidate for governor um, with the, what party? The American Constitution Party. Okay, and uh, so now uh, what, what uh, happens with you moving forward here now that the primaries are over? So um, what we're going to need to do is we're going to need to start getting into some debates with Polis and Ganahl. And so that's going to be very telling. Typically, the third party candidates, the lower level candidates, they don't get invited to those debates. But seeing as I was the former Republican candidate and now as a third party, I believe that I will be invited to those debates. And it's going to be very telling because Dominion is a two party algorithm system and having a strong third party candidate in the race might just shake things up for Colorado. Okay. And um, um, so what is it that you want people to know, Danielle, again, as we're moving into November? I would just say if you take a look at everything that's going on across America with Democrats and the Republican Party, it really truly is a uniparty system. If you look at the Republicans that turn their back on good legislation, pass gun laws, um, you know, stab Trump in the back. Those are the same candidates that are, are pushing forward, you know, saying that they're going to fight for the Constitution. And when it comes down to it, they don't. We're seeing corruption on both sides of the fence. And I think the only way that we can really get around this is by heeding George Washington's words in his farewell address, that a two-party system will lead to the demise of the republic. We have to vote a third party if we truly want to drain the swamp and get rid of corruption in America. Okay, Annette, question? So, Danielle, of course, the obvious question, and we'll get this every time we have a third-party candidate. What do you say to those who are going to accuse you of splitting the Republican vote and losing it for Republicans? We have been so brainwashed and indoctrinated into that we have to vote for two-party system, that we have to vote for the lesser of two evils. And that's not upholding your civic duty. You should be voting for the best candidate for the job, not for party allegiance or loyalty. The only way that we're going to break this rhetoric or mantra is we have encouraged to step out of the mold and the brainwashing and the system that has put in place for decades now. All right. So let's just say you do lose. What will be the um, let's say Polis takes it because you do split the vote. What will you look back and tell the voters then? Well, my prediction is, is if I don't run, Heidi Ganahl is going to intentionally throw this race to Polis to set him up for a presidential run. So by me fighting, we're actually fighting for truth and justice and for the voice of the people. And I don't do anything to lose, so I'm not going to go ahead and acknowledge that prediction. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. Of course not. Awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping that you do get into these debates because I would really like to see a three-way debate between the three of you. I mean, we've got the two... Um, institutional basically candidates versus you and you're kind of a uh, loose cannon and so I think it would be very interesting to see that debate I don't think it'll be anything like anything we've seen in this state at least not for a long time you know back in January Ernest Lenning from Colorado politics had done a video and he called me the dark horse of Colorado and at the time I was very offended I was like how luciferian like what does that even mean um, just not having a political background. And then it actually is the candidate that you never see coming that truly is the voice of the people. And they also said that same thing about Trump. And so you're absolutely right. We are up against the establishment, the elitist quo. It's time for the people of Colorado to step up and take their house back. Okay. Well, Danielle uh, Neuschwanger, thanks so much for, for calling in. Uh, we greatly appreciate that. 
Hey, thanks for having me. God bless you guys. Okay. Uh, Let's go to break. We want to hear from all of you uh, what you think about the primary and the results of the primary. 303-477-5600. 303-477-5600. Before we do that, though, uh, the USMC Memorial Foundation is the nonprofit that I have adopted. They are raising money to remodel the Marine Memorial. These Honoring those that gave their lives or have been willing to give their lives for our freedom is so important to know their stories is so important and that is what Paula Sarles and her whole team is working on and Paula is a a Vietnam era uh, marine veteran as well as she's a gold star wife so be sure and and help her out Uh, and it's just really important that that we remember so go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org usmcmemorialfoundation.org you can buy a brick to honor the service of your loved one. It'll have their name, their service there as well. Or uh, you can just donate. So go to usmcmemorialfoundation.org. We'll be right back. Inflation is rocking our boats, especially for individuals on fixed incomes. If you are 62 years or older, mortgage specialist with Polygon Financial Group, Lauren Levy, can help you navigate this inflation squeeze with a reverse mortgage. Additionally, if you are considering buying a new home, refinancing your existing home, or consolidating high interest debt, it's not too late to lock in an interest rate before interest rates increase again. Don't wait. Kim Munson recommends you call Lauren Levy today at 303-880-8881 for a no-cost consultation. That's Lauren Levy at 303-880-8881. Inflation is out of control. Increasing prices at the gas pump and grocery stores are hurting everyday people. All these challenges we face are preventable. Individuals must understand what is going on. That's why Kim Munson is bringing truth and clarity to the issues facing our families, our communities, our state, and our country. Now, more than ever, it's important to support Kim's independent voice. Kim has the courage to research and inform you about the real issues. It's not easy, and Kim can use your help. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute. Again, help Kim by contributing at Kim Munson. That's M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. And you can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do it. Uh, We'd love to hear from you and what you think about these uh, results from the primary uh, election yesterday. Phone number is 303-477-5600. Annette Bybee is in studio. And she is the host of Annette on America. And that is on Sunday evenings on KLZ 560. All the platforms, KLZ 560, AM, 100.7 FM, the website, as well as the app. And uh, you talk about all kinds of things, Annette. Yep, I sure do. And then if you miss the show, I post it on um, podcast providers and YouTube and Rumble on Monday. So you can go and find me there. So um, this is an interesting election cycle. (laughs) Um, I do want to share um, that in November, you want if you're in Kurt Huffman's district, you need to get out there and vote as a Republican because the Democrat that's running against him is a nut job. 
This is the guy that sues the school district, the um, commissioners, county commissioners, the health department. Anyone he can think to sue, he sues. So get out there and vote for Kurt Huffman if you're in his district in November. Okay. So, yes, uh, now we're looking at November. In uh, We've got a caller, Mark in Colorado Springs. Mark in Colorado Springs, what's on your radar? Good morning, Kim. Um, the elections. Um, I conclude the fraud, uh, which is being implemented with the voting machine software and databases, is alive and well. Um, just like Tina Peters said, uh, the uniparty candidates are being selected, not elected. Uh, Joe O'Day and Pam Anderson are good examples of these uniparty candidates. I don't believe for a minute that these uh, Republican voters would elect candidates like them. They've got clear ties to the Democratic Party just defies logic. Um, yeah. You know, despite Tina Peters providing the hard evidence, you know, of, of what was going on with the voting machines, nothing was done, correct? Nothing's been done yet. My understanding is is that uh, uh, that um, the, the, the evidence that they have had been presented to some different district, uh, district attorneys and um, again, this is uh, this is hearsay, I guess. But it pretty anyway, that nothing was ever done, uh, and uh, that is actually pretty frustrating, Mark. Yeah. So, uh, so nothing's going to be done before the general election with these with, uh, with these machines. No, um, and. And so we have multiple, there's there's what I call legal manipulation, and then there's things that was uncovered out in Mesa County. But the legal manipulation, Mark, is these papering the state with these mail-in ballots. Uh, that is uh, clearly a real problem, Mark. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know where to go from here uh, unless we get this, you know, these <clears throat> election fraud under control. You know, it's going to be... Just like Danielle said, you know, it's going to be these uni, uniparty candidates forever. Yes, uh, I was driving as I was driving in. I was wondering what's going to happen here to Colorado. So, Mark in Colorado Springs, thank you so much for your uh, for your call. Uh, Johnny in Denver, what's on your radar? Well, I'm still uh, kind of concerned with uh, Christine not um, separating the the, the, the the people that can come into our. Our elections and, and vote for who who they they wanted, uh, whether they be republic, well, independents who are Republicans or whatever. Uh, and and I wondered if she wanted to use this for her benefit, so so they could get the establishment in, and maybe and, and I and this is a big maybe. Afterwards, she would fight for us to have a closed primary, but I, I don't know. Well, the, the jury is out on that, Johnny. And first of all, congratulations. I was looking at results, and you are unopposed. You have 100% of your your uh, um, votes were cast for you. So congratulations as you move on for House District 5. What you're referring to is uh, GOP State Chair Christy Burton-Brown. Is she? I think the question on the table, is she now going to start to do something to bring common sense back to our primary elections so that Republicans vote in Republican primaries and Democrats vote in re- and Democrat pr- primaries? If unaffiliated want to vote in one or the other, they need to register as such. Correct, Johnny? Yes, yes. And um, I don't know. I, I heard it on other stations. But, you know, they never bring up that topic and why uh, she wasn't willing to, to back that put her, her name on that and uh, you know we had re- the, the, the independent grassroots 
they raised up so much money, and she kept on saying, oh, there'd be like a half a million dollars. Well, okay, half a million dollars or whatever. We need to get out of that system because that was just, just something that the Democrats used very effectively in the, in the past. Well, and what you're referring to is the lawsuit to, um, again, bring back a common sense to our primaries, to have Republicans vote in Republican primaries, Democrats in Democrat primaries. Johnny and Denver, great to hear from you. And right. uh, onward and upward, and thank you for stepping forward to run for House District 5 here in Colorado. All right, God bless. Thank you. Alan and Lakewood, what is on your radar? As far as I can tell, the establishment elite won again, and uh, I was at the state assembly and the local assembly, and thrilled to see the the new turnout and the Liberty candidates, and uh, with the exception of Eric Odland, all of the important Liberty candidates got beaten, and it's my personal decision that I'm going to write in the names of the Liberty candidates on my ballot, and if the Republicans lose, again, the Cory Gardner kinds of people might get a message if other people do that, but I have no interest whatsoever in promoting and voting for a Joe O'Day or a Pam Anderson, and that's on my radar. Thank you. Okay, Alan, uh, thank you so much, Alan and Lakewood, uh, for sharing his thoughts about the primary. Uh, We've got... um, Time for probably two more calls if we hurry, 303-477-5600, 303 477 what do you think? Well, Alan made an interesting point. Um, I've often thought that there needs to be, instead of writing someone in, there needs to be a none of the above option. Because oftentimes I feel like I am voting for the least of two evils the lesser of two evils, and I just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I just, there are some people I cannot put my mark next mm-hmm. to their name, mm-hmm. and so I would like to do a protest vote. I think there should be an option to see in a case like that that says none of the above, and that that way you can send a message to both the parties. Look, I don't like anyone you guys are putting up. You, we need to put up different people. And yet you have this situation here in Colorado where we have, it looks like Republicans voting for establishment candidates because they think they'll win and then we end up so we i think we're going to end up more purple than red or blue because we are going to end up with establishment candidates who are both rushing to the middle to to get the unaffiliated votes so it's so what what i've seen over all these years is that we have moved so far away from this american idea of representative government and colorado really is at the tip of the spear And I think I heard in Alan's voices, we want to be electing people that we know that will be standing for the people and representing everyday people. And when I was on city council, when I saw people that had an R behind their name, I thought that meant that, that they were for limited government and that they were for representing the people. But I saw many R's there that uh, they wanted to get as much money as they could from the federal government. And I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, we don't have the money. We're borrowing it from our children. We're borrowing it from our neighbors. This doesn't make sense. And so I think what I heard in Alan's voice is the frustration that um, those that we knew, that we felt pretty confident would be standing on the Constitution, on the principles of the Constitution, of limited government, uh, those candidates, uh, most all of them, did not make it through the primary. And I think that's the frustration that I heard in his voice. Yeah, same here. 
And I, I was very disappointed watching the uh, results last night as well. Because again, what's the point in sending an R <laughs> to the state senate or the state house or you know, these federal offices if they're not going to do, they're not going to stand for the platform that you know, their parties adopted? Mm -hmm. it, it feels like just a game, right? Yeah, yes. um, I, I want my team to win. Well, what does your team stand for? Right. And, you know, that's a good point. I think that there are people that just want my team to win. And we're beyond that because what we're seeing is, is that is, is we've, we've got America is in a very difficult, very tenuous situation right now. Colorado is at the tip of the spear. We as grassroots uh, can't give up. We need to continue to educate through these shows that we're doing, Annette, and uh, need to continue to educate people on these issues. Uh, so we can't give up, that's for sure. But um, uh, very frustrated when it looks like that we've uh, very we've elected uh, big government Republicans, not Republicans that are representatives of the people. And mm -hmm. uh, so there is a lot of frustration in that. Right. Yeah. I think independents have done that for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, and a, a lot of people have moved to independent because they've been frustrated with what's with been parties, happening. With the parties, yeah. With what's been happening. Okay, so this is your first time in studio. we got about a minute. What's your impression? I love it. I love being down here. Um, it, it's, like I said, it's a whole different animal from podcasting or pre-recording my show. But it's a lot of fun. It's fast moving. <laughs> I have a lot of respect for you that you do this every single day. Uh, so early in the morning, coming in here at, you know, before 6 o'clock, and you can still have uh, these coherent discussions. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> we try. <laughs> it's awesome. No, I, I just love being down here. Um, I, radio is, is so much fun. I can't wait to do this live myself. And, and it's going to take a long time to get where you're at, but oh. um, I'm going to be working hard at it. I so. think you'll be great. And the one thing I think about live is the clock management. That's the yes. trickiest component of the whole thing is, is clock management. And then sometimes you don't want to cut somebody off. But uh, anyway, that's the, the tricky uh, part of it. So Annette Bybee, how can people find you? Um, they can listen to me, uh, Annette, on America Sunday night at 9 here on AM 560 KLZ. They can find me on my website, AnnetteTalks.com, on Facebook, Annette Bybee all those places. Well, it is so great to have you uh, here on KLZ with us. And uh, that's all of those platforms, KLZ 560 AM, KLZ 100.7 FM, uh, the KLZ website, the KLZ app. So uh, people can reach us. And the other thing, I don't know if people realize, our broadcast reach is way up into Wyoming, east into Nebraska and Kansas, south into New Mexico and up into Vail and, and Grand Lake. So it's a great, great group of people to work with. Awesome. I love it here. Okay. My friends, the quote for the end of the show is from Napoleon Hill. He says this, when you close the door of your mind to negative thoughts, the door of opportunity opens to you. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America. <laughs>